This is episode number 611 with transformational coach Sean T. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, a former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Don't fear failure. Fear being in the exact same place next year as you are today. Quote unknown. I am feeling pumped and alive after a little hip-hop abs workout that I just did with the man, Sean T. And I'm so excited about this episode. Literally in the first 30 seconds, we dive in deeper than probably any interview I've done that quickly. We go there, guys. Get ready for a powerful experience. Make sure to take a screenshot of this right now. Post a link over on Instagram. Tag me, at Lewis Howes, at Sean T, and let's connect because this is about to go down. For those that don't know, Sean T is a fitness icon who made history in 2007 by creating Hip Hop Abs, the number one selling home fitness program. His next number one hit was in 2008, Rockin' Body, which was followed in 2009 when Insanity debuted and forever changed the face of home fitness. Insanity held its rightful place as the number one selling infomercial, helping a world of people to dig deeper and get the most insane results possible. He also has an apparel line, hosts live events, has an online transformational academy, hosts a podcast, and is the recent author of the self-help memoir, T is for Transformation. And when I mean this guy has got heart, soul, energy, passion, love, he's got it all. And some of the things we dive into are why it takes so much work to heal from abuse and what it takes to truly let go of all of it. Also, why it's so important to ignore the fear and go after what you're passionate about anyway. How to talk to yourself about your food in order to make healthy choices. We cover why therapy is so helpful to find the answers inside yourself and how to stay relevant to yourself. That and so much more. I was blown away to the beginning, middle, and end of this interview and have had some incredible times just connecting with Shanti on the phone since we did this. But this is a game changer. From now until March 19th, Whole Foods Market is running their sales event, Taste the Mediterranean. It's a store-wide, flavor-packed journey of regionally-inspired selections. Save on Mediterranean-inspired flavors like Parmigiano, Regano, Charcuterie, and Ground Lamb. Find sales on animal welfare-certified meat. Save on seafood like Whole Bronzini and sustainable wild-caught sockeye salmon. Stock up on wallet-happy Mediterranean essentials like feta cheese crumbles and whole wheat pita pockets. Wines from the sun-soaked vineyard of Spain, Greece, and Italy start at just $8.99. Must be 21 plus. Please drink responsibly. Taste the Mediterranean now at Whole Foods Market. 
If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right, cash back isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cash back. And there are no fees, period. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. So many of us love coffee, like the living for it type of love. Some like it hot, some like it iced with a splash of creamer, and some like it with a cold foam topping. Many of us stop into coffee shops on our way to work more often than we'd like to admit. But now, thanks to International Delight Cold Foam Creamer, you can make cold foam coffee at home, or in my team's case, in the office, and it's a game changer. I was just chatting with a teammate of mine about our love for the occasional sweet treat coffee. Sometimes, it's just the thing you need as a pick-me-up on a business day and we just stocked our office fridge with international delight cold foam creamer and it never misses the team's favorite flavor so far is the caramel macchiato you just shake the canister and spray it into your coffee and voila you've got an incredible cold foam coffee no frothing fancy machines or mess required international delight cold foam creamer foams and creams your coffee from top to bottom the best part it works on both hot and iced coffee it comes in three foaming delicious flavors flavors, French vanilla, sweet and creamy, and caramel macchiato. So you can switch things up depending on your mood. Look for your favorite flavor next time you're at your grocery store and be prepared to say goodbye to your barista. International Delight Cold Foam Creamer. It's foaming delicious. All right, guys, I'm super pumped about this one. Trust and believe this is all about optimizing your body, your mind, and your spirit. Without further ado, let me introduce to you to the one, the only, Sean. Tea. Welcome back, everyone, to the School of Greatness podcast. We've got the legendary Sean T in What's the up? house. Thanks I am pumped for this, man. We've got great energy. We've got a lot of mutual friends. Shalene Johnson's a good friend of mine. Uh, Danielle and Darren Natoni are friends of mine. Um, and everyone raves about you. No one said anything negative about you yet. So <laughs> hey. uh, we'll see after this. We might. And I asked you before what would make this the most impactful interview you've ever done, and you said to make me uncomfortable. Yeah. So before we jumped on, you said everyone has something in the closet, a yeah. secret in the closet. Yeah, yeah. So what's your secret still in the closet? <sighs> you know, I actually just let this out a couple weeks ago, but I'm still struggling with it a lot, and it's my fear of death. I'm already about to get emotional. This is like ridiculous. But because I just had two kids and the only thing I can think about every single time I leave them is, you know, am I going to see them again? Wow. And, you know, we struggled so hard to have them. We tried five times. We had multiple egg donors, multiple surrogates. Obviously, in my relationship, there's been dynamic shifts that happen. And, I'm, and my biggest fear is to not show up back home for Scott, right? So... I just came out of the closet about that, but that's the thing that I'm working through currently. Mm. What's been the biggest secret that you've held on to for the longest time in your life? For the longest time in my life, the biggest secret I held on to, I think that, no, I know that the biggest secret I held on to was the fact that I actually enjoy being molested. I realized as I got older, I actually had to enjoy it to endure it. And when I realized that that's the way I got through my molestation, then all the guilt started to hit me. You know, I was just like, I can't believe I was literally basically having an affair on my mother, 
in my book, I call him my step monster. So when I had that revelation, to be able to come clean about that was horrible. It was horrible wow. because I remember, I remember literally when, when I had stopped being abused, I remember trying to entice the abuse to continue because I had really mentally said like, I'm doing this because I need to save my family. Like if I don't endure this, he's gonna hurt someone else. And if so, I don't take on this abuse, yeah, then he's going to abuse someone else. Exactly. Wow. So the guilt of that was just... And you, so you're saying you, in some way, enjoyed it. Yeah. It was the hardest thing to accept to say. And the reason why I know that I had to switch my mindset to enjoy it is because when it was over, most people, they feel freed of the... Um, abuse. Abuse. Yeah. But for me, it was wait, why isn't this continuing? Because I had changed my mindset to not be a victim. I had to like step into the world of what was happening. And so that was the thing I kept in the closet for oh. the longest time. But through therapy and stuff, you kind of work through it. But it was more about realizing why I had to enjoy it. And that was where I was able to break free and kind of forgive myself, if you will. Yeah. Because when you're eight years old, you really don't make decisions the way you make them at now 39. The other thing is, in full transparency, when like this person tells you, oh my gosh, you're my favorite person, and you feel so great to be around that person, you feel like they can do nothing wrong, especially at such a young age. Yeah. So then everything that happens is supposed to happen, you know? Like in your mind, that's, it's, you're, it's supposed to happen. So that was wow. a tough, it was about a year and a half ago that I was able to let that out and like break free from really? that. Really? from that feeling. Did you talk about being abused before a year and a half ago? Yes, I talked about being abused from the time I was 21. Got it, so you but, started opening up then about it, yeah. Yeah, so I started opening up about it, but I didn't really know the depth of what really happened to me. I just felt like it was a physical thing when I was 21 years old, this physical thing happened to me. What it really was was a mental shift and affected me mentally more than physically, mm -hmm. you know? And that's why on my arms now, I have conquer your mind, transform mm -hmm. your life. Wow. Because I realized that if your mind is can't be in control, then you're out of control. When did you get in control of your mind? I got in control of my mind after I met my husband, Scott. So I talk about this in my book as well. You know, I thought I was fine. I had been through therapy, the whole molestation thing. This was, for me, it was like a bunch of physical things that happened to me that I had to get through. And I remember at two o'clock in the morning, every single night after I had met Scott and we were in love and it was this great feeling. At two o'clock in the morning, every single night, I started an argument. I started like a vulnerable, ridiculous fight that just wasn't a part of who I was. I mean, this was like every night until... And he was there for it. You know, he endured it and he wow. would always work through it. It was really, really tough now going back and thinking about the energy that I created at 2 a.m. But there was one moment at like 3 o'clock in the afternoon that I had this feeling. And for me, I said to myself, why am I having this feeling at 3 o'clock in the afternoon? This feeling only comes at 2 o'clock in the morning. And that's when I realized that at two o'clock in the morning was about the time that I was being abused as a kid. Wow. So I was awakened from my sleep to always go into this space of like transitioning my mind. And then I realized that it wasn't necessarily an enjoyment or whatever, it was fear. And I was conquering fear as a child. And so once 
I did that, then I realized it was a lot of stuff that happened in your brain. And that's when I realized it was all about being able to conquer your mind. Mm. It's deep. Wow. It's very deep. Some people, you know, when I talk about this, there have been some people that read my book and they say that's too much. And I'm like, great. Mm-hmm. Because at some point in your life, you're going to realize that it is too much and you're going to have to face it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not afraid to face it. If you walk into my transformation center, you see six words, but the words on top is truth, trust, and transparency. Because if you can be true to yourself, that means you can trust yourself. And when you trust yourself, you can be as transparent as possible. And am I perfect at it? No, but I definitely strive to, because perfection is temporary, change is constant. We were talking before about it never ends. That's because change is constant and we're always changing. So in order to be transparent, you have to constantly be open to change. Right. And maybe you, you didn't have a fear of dying until five or six months ago or until a few months ago when you had your twins. Yeah. And now something new has opened up in your life and you're like, I have this new thing to conquer. This new challenge in your mind, right? Where it's yes. like this fear, why am I afraid? And, and it is. It's very, very challenging. People say, oh, you know, having a kid is hard. And I'm like, I'm here for it. You know, I'm like, whatever. You know I mean? I got I've handled everything. Yeah. You know, it's fine. It's crazy. Mm. At the same time, it's the most amazing, rewarding feeling to see, when we have two at one time, to see these, the, I call them things. It sounds so bad, but I'm like, <laughs> these two little things, right? But to see these things change every single day. I've been away from home for three days. I'm going to go back. They're going to look completely different. They're going to act complete. They're going to look at me completely different. So it's definitely something that we're trying to conquer every single day. Yeah. Wow. Did you ever realize that you would be in this position, you know, when you were a teenager, that you'd be transforming the world and have all these programs on TV and online and doing these conventions and speaking in this book? Did you realize that this was going to be your life? Because I know you were like into dance and theater. Right, right. And fitness. But did you think you'd be able to combine them all? Specifically, no. But I did know when I was a teenager, and this might sound vain, but I really don't, this is what it is. When I was a teenager, so this is so bad. So if you look back, if you look in in my yearbook, it says like this whole thing, and it says goal to be famous. It's so crazy. As a kid, you might think, on the surface, you might think, oh, they want to be famous or be an actor. And I was like, for me, it wasn't about being an actor or a singer because that wasn't it. It was... I was like, how am I going to impact the world? But I was unable to verbalize it that way as a 17-year-old. And I knew I would impact the world in some way because of what I've been through. And I knew I would help some people. But to the scale at which it is, absolutely not. Because I didn't even know who I was, right? I just always had this feeling that I'm going to do something. I knew I was going to move away from my town. I knew I wasn't going to grow up and get married there, regardless of the the sexuality thing, it wasn't about that. It was just that I always tried to achieve something greater. And so here's a little story is that when I ran track, the first year I ever ran track, I pulled my butt muscle. (laughs) I was practicing a relay. I was practicing a relay and I went to get the baton and my butt muscle pulled and I was so mad because I couldn't run. But the next year I decided, I said, every time I run, whatever race that I specialize in, whenever I run, I'm going to try and run faster every single time. Mm. And it happened every single time I ran all the way up until the meet of champions, which was a whole nother story. I ran faster every single time. And it was all about 
me just trying to push myself. I just never settled for what I did before. So I just had that mentality from when I was younger. I just like, I always have to go. I have to push as hard as I possibly can, which takes us into the world of digging deep with insanity. People say, why do you say dig deep? I'm like, because I don't really care what you look like. I care what you think like. Mm. I really don't care if you have a six pack. I actually don't care if you have great biceps. I care what you think like because it's how you think that's going to make you either push play the next day or walk into the gym and believe that you can do whatever it is that you set out to do or go into your workspace, even if you're in a, in a job that you don't like and create the best possible outcome for that job. Even if you don't like something, you can still create such an amazing experience so that that employee still gives you a great review or or what's the word I'm looking for if you go to another job Dation, recommendation referral, you know yeah. so it's all about what you do with this time and space that you have right wow you played football when you were a kid as well right peewee football is that what I read? I did how, how long did you play football till well the funny thing is the first time I walked out my mom said all right you're playing football let's go and so I get out of the car and I see these guys hitting each other and I walked right back in the car <laughs> I said, I'm going to let you know that this is not going to happen. But my mom was so great. She didn't say, you have to do this. She was like, okay. And my brother like ran off and he's in it. What I didn't realize is that the people that I saw, you know, practicing first were, they were like 13 year olds and I was like five or six years old, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, I played football and it was, it was amazing. Once I, you know, got over my fear of sure, sure. getting knocked down. How long did you play till? <laughs> I, you know, I played football for about seven years, so I was going to play in high school, but then I fell in love with track and field, and I was like, this... You 100, 200, 400, or...? I was a 400 intermediate hurdler. Oh, that's the hardest. It's so hard. That was Matt, too, who you met out oh, there. Oh, really? the 400 hurdles, yeah. So it is hard. It is equivalent to an 800 meters. It's so hard. But the 400 meters is the hardest race in track and field, in my opinion. I was a decathlete in college. The 400 was the the worst because it's the last, the fifth event on the first day and you're just exhausted. And now I have to go run for the hardest race essentially and go all out because every second matters in the decathlon. I know, you're going on points, man. It, man. it was so hard. I was never that good. I think I ran like a 51 was like my best, but it was always a never fresh. A 51 was good. But, it was never, but I was never fresh. No. Maybe I could have done a 49, maybe at like my best day or something. If but I you're trained tall, for it. man. Yeah. You, ugh, you're tall. Like, I wish I had a little bit more height in my hurdles. <laughs> <laughs> but a 51 is not bad. You should actually be, yeah. especially at the end of what? That was a 10th event, right? Fifth event, yeah. That was a fifth event on day one. Yeah. Um, but we did the high jump, the long jump before that. So it was a lot of explosive work. And How many years did you do that? I only did it for like six months. Yeah. I wanted to be an all American football player. My senior year, I got injured. I broke a couple records my sophomore year. I was like one of the best receivers in the country, but for some reason didn't get the award because our team wasn't that good. So I think they give it to guys who usually are, have a better team. Right. So I was trying to get it my senior year, I got injured, and then I went to my track coach because I did track and I would run like the 100 to like train in the off season. And I said, what's the chance you think I can be an All-American decathlete? And I had about six and a half months from the football season until the national championships. This is Division Three, so it's not like but still. It's still hard. Now I'd never pole vaulted or, or done like the discus. One ton of high hurdles, never done. Oh my! So there's a lot of events. oh yeah, I forgot about the one ten. Oh, it's freaking horrible. Oh, so there's a lot of events that were very technical that I had to learn. And she said, if you do everything that I tell you to do every single day for the next six and a half months, you have a chance. And that's all I needed. That was like my gateway to be like, 
I'm yours. Like, whatever you say, I'm in. I was so committed to that. And I got, uh, they take the top eight places at nationals, and I got eighth place. Get out of by, here. By like a few points. Yeah, yes. it was. <laughs> yeah, That's the hurdles, amazing. man, was so hard. Even though I'm tall, it's just like a challenging, like, rhythm and just like staying Well, alone. the 110 hurdles, the 110 high hurdles so are high. ridiculous. I remember in high school, I was like, this is fine. I got to college. The first time so I practiced high. the 110s, I'm like, I'm out. Yeah. Because before, I ran. And then they go up, <laughs> I think, three inches. And if three inches doesn't, it doesn't seem that crazy. So high, though. But it's so high. It's so, so high. high. <laughs> That's crazy. So you did track in college as well or no? So I went to college. The story goes, I went to college as a communications major because I was obsessed with Anderson Cooper. Mm, he's great. I love him. He's great. But I don't know if you remember. I don't, I don't know how old you are. 34. Okay. So I don't know if, I'm not like a few years older than you, but... We had this thing called Channel One in high school, and it was Lisa Ling and Anderson Cooper. Okay. They would come on the TV and they would give us the morning news, and I was like obsessed with them. And then I went to the principal's office and I asked if I could do the afternoon news. So then I created this whole afternoon news station with Sean T. Right? <laughs> oh my God, this is so ridiculous. So people who actually know my workouts and almost every single workout saying, hey, my name is Sean T. Peace out. That started when I was 16 years old on the news at Defford Township High School. That's exactly how it end the day. So when I would walk through the halls at the end of the day, all my friends would be like, all right, my name is Sean T. Peace out. That's, <laughs> and so I continued to use that. So anyway, so I went to college as a communications major because yeah. I was obsessed. Uh-huh. And then that's when I gained 50 pounds yeah, my first year in college. And then I looked in the mirror one day and I said, I'm not. 50 pounds. It was probably more. And you had a six-pack in high school, I'm assuming, as track star. Yeah, like- I was 178 pounds. Full disclosure, I would never want to be 178 pounds now. I kind of right. like what I got yeah, yeah. going on. What are you about, 205? I mean, thanks, but I'm a good 197. Oh, wow, you just you know look strong, saying? you know? Like, we're 197 or whatever. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> just <being> <laughs> Anyway, you, you made me blush. So you gained 50 pounds. You gained 50 so pounds. So I gained 50 pounds. I woke up one day and I looked in the mirror and I was, it wasn't about necessarily only the way that I looked, it was the way that I felt. And I yeah, was like, yeah. I do not like the way that I feel right now. Everything's layered. So it was overweight. It was, you know, the sexuality thing was always still there. You know, I hadn't you come, come out. out. Yeah, no, yeah. I hadn't come out yet. And it was just crazy. So I went to the this gym. This was a time when it wasn't really acceptable probably to come out, especially where you're from, I'm assuming. It wasn't like... It definitely wasn't. Like, hey, I'm gay. And people were like, cool, you want to go to the, want to go to the movies? <laughs> like, that wasn't it. It was... I remember telling my best friend, and this was the dumbest mistake in 1997, I tell my best friend while, she, while we're driving back to her apartment, I was like, so just so you know, I'm gay. And she almost slams into the back of the person in front of us at the red light. She's like... She's like, what? No talking till we get to the apartment. And I'm like, no talking. You know, it was just so, like, no one came out like that. Really? But for me, there was a part of me that was just like, so what? What'd you want me to do? But for everyone else, there's this, and other people. I mean, people still have a hard time coming out. But for me, it wasn't necessarily hard to say it, but it was hard for people to accept because people didn't see an athlete or you know, especially about a track star. Yeah, yeah, they didn't see this person as a gay person. You know, it was always just kind of like a stereotype kind of right. thing that made them believe that someone was gay or whatever. So anyway, cut to 
gained a lot of weight, going through this whole sexuality thing and college and finding my way. But I just remember looking in the mirror and I wasn't happy with what I saw and I wasn't happy with what I felt. And I went to the gym and I got on a treadmill. I was like, what do you know how to do? Run. I knew how to run. I got on a treadmill 10 minutes a day and the last like three minutes just pushed because track and field was my thing. And, and I knew no matter how hard it was, I knew how to push through. Mm. And then it graduated to going in the weight room and walking in the weight room for the first time and seeing these guys who were super ripped and feeling insecure about going into this new space. But I, anyway, I walked through those doors and started getting better. And I changed my major from communications, Anderson Cooper, to sports science. And then it all just came together. My career not only requires me to travel, but also gives me the freedom to. Traveling has brought me so many positive experiences and memories. Like that time I spent the holidays at an Airbnb in Big Bear with some of my extended family, and it was the perfect way to come together and connect with my family that I don't see that often. If you have a similar setup that allows you to travel often, have you ever thought about your empty home while you're gone? More specifically, how you can make some extra money by keeping your home occupied while you're out of town. I'm a big advocate for setting up a side hustle to give you an extra stream of income and Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start. Many people host on Airbnb, including some friends of mine, but there are some people out there who've never even realized their space could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and it's a great way to earn some extra money. So if you have a home, but you're not always at home, you've got yourself an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com host. The Enhanced American Express Business Gold Card is designed to take your business further. It's packed with features and benefits like flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business, 24-7 support from a business card specialist trained to help with your business needs, and so much more. The Amex Business Gold Card, now smarter and more flexible. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. So, but I'll be in too long. So I started teaching fitness classes. But when I got really good at fitness and being able to talk through boot camp classes, that's when I went to the track coach. And I was, I have friends on the track team. So they were like, when are you coming? When are you going to run? When are you going to run? And I felt that was it. And so I, then I started running again. You so, did it in college. Yeah. yeah. Where'd you go to school? Uh, Rowan University. Rowan. It's a D3 school yeah. in South Jersey. Wow. How'd you do there? In track and field? Yeah. I mean, you're not. You know, I did my thing. It definitely wasn't the same. <laughs> As high school, I mean, like I still ran fast or whatever, yeah. but at that point, I loved track and field, but then I started dancing. When the hip hop classes and stuff. Yeah, when I started teaching hip hop classes, it was so passionate for me that I just, dance just kind of took over my life. Mm. And I started teaching at different dance studios in the community and realizing that I can make a lot of money dancing and loving what I'm doing. I still ran, but yeah. dancing kind of took. That's when it all started, yeah. Yeah. When did you realize that you wanted to make that more mainstream, like the dance, hip hop, like workout videos and stuff like that? You know, it's interesting. That didn't come till later after I moved to LA. Because originally I would go to fitness conventions and I would learn from some of the top fitness presenters on how to teach and do all this thing. And I loved it. But when I moved to LA, it was to be a professional dancer. But I was still teaching right down the street at this Equinox, right down the street. This is where I was. The one on Sunset? The one on Sunset Boulevard. 
I was teaching a class there. A producer from Beachbody, her name is Lara Ross, was watching my class and she called a friend of mine who was a trainer. She said, can you give me that guy's phone number? And I called her and she said, your class is awesome. I see people happy. They line up at the door. And she was like, do you want to come and create something with Beachbody? I was literally just doing what I love to do, waking up on a Saturday morning hungover and still going to teach. I mean, that was my hangover remedy. You know what I'm saying? And so that was it. So... Full disclosure, I don't know if anyone remembers Eric Nice and the Grind Workout, the MTV Grind Workout. This is like a while ago, but I remember seeing the Grind Workout and seeing Eric Nice like teaching. And I was like, oh, I want to do that one day. But it was just something that I wanted to do. It was just, I was just like, one day I just want to have fitness DVDs, workout dance DVDs for fun, never thinking it would turn into what it's turned into wow. today. But it all started out with a passion, man. Mm-hmm. If I didn't follow my passion, if I would have said what people used to say, dance is for girls or it's only for gay guys and this whole thing and then fitness and everything being looped into these stereotypes, if I was afraid of those stereotypes, I would never be where I am today. And so that's why it's so important to follow your passion. If you want to do it, if it feels really, really good, you must, it is an absolute must that you go after it. And fitness and health and work and entrepreneurship, I say, don't chase the number, chase the feeling. Because when you chase the feeling, money's gonna come, health is gonna come, the weight's gonna come off if you chase the feeling and chase the passion. That's cool, yeah. What's been the biggest challenge for you? What, that was 2007 when the first kind of DVD workout thing happened, yeah. is that right? What's been the biggest challenge for you in the last 11 years? through this transformational journey of yourself, of doing these workout dance DVD programs and everything that's come with it? People, people. And being able to maneuver through the relationships that you build purely because you are who you are. And everyone goes through this. We got, no matter what you do, no matter where you're from, the human experience can be made or broken by relationships and people. And so I made it a point to really learn how to communicate with people and know my audience, know who I'm talking to. Because one of the biggest things, and we kind of talked about this a little bit, one of the things that I used to do was try to negotiate my own contracts. Mm -hmm. And when you work through passion, for me, the worst thing to do is try to negotiate a contract, get into this big argument, this tug of war, and then say, hey, go motivate people, because by then you're drained. Drained, exhausted. Exhausted. Zero desire, your joy's gone. It's like, why did I even want to do this in the first place? <laughs> exactly. And so, and that's not to say that I'm a perfect person. I mean, I kind of think that I'm pretty easy to work with, but I think that works against me. The thing that's greatest about you can also be your biggest weakness, and I believe that in myself and everyone else. And so, it's been people. It's Sometimes I'm like, why would you want me to do that? That doesn't go in line with the project that we're working on. But I think I've grown a lot and not letting it really affect Mm -hmm. me in a bad way and then being able to hire people to kind of deal with that thing so that I can stay in as much of a good space as I possibly can. Are you good at compartmentalizing things you're frustrated with so that you can go and deliver teaching or whatever you need to do or speaking or something? Or is it kind of stay with you no matter what until it's resolved? There's two things. So uh, one, I think the 
the older I get, and I'm 39, I'll be 40. It's not old, but the older I get, the less I sweat the small stuff because, you know, I talk about this secret backpack that everyone carries around. Everything you've been through, if you don't just throw it away, if you actually utilize a tool that you that helped get you through this 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 terrible thing, because we learn something by with struggle through struggle, we learn something, and and you develop a tool with that. So the things that I've been through in my past, now I say if I experience it again, I say, all right, well, what tool do I have to pull in my secret backpack? So it doesn't, right, I don't right. let it bother me as much. It's all good. <laughs> when did you really learn to not let your feelings control your actions? I learned to not let my feelings control my actions when I realized the outcome wasn't changing. Mm-hmm. You, a lot of people make fun of my insanity workout because they say the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result, <laughs> right, right. right? So when I realized that I reacted the same way to things that weren't quite positive, and I, when I reacted the same way, I got the same outcome. Mm-hmm. And then I realized that I had to change the narrative in my mind in order to get a different outcome. Right, so. right. How do you continue to remind yourself that? Uh, With all the people and chaos that comes your way. I remind myself of that simply because I have to remember that everyone I speak to is unique in their own way. Right. So you can't expect one person to respond or react or the same way that someone else did. And so it's just like I say in fitness, don't compare yourself to other people. You can eat the same thing, you can do the same amount of reps, we can lift the same amount of weight. We will never, I will never, how tall are you? 6'4". I'll never be 6'4", yeah. which sucks. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'll never be 6'4". Right, right. But we'll never have the same arms, we'll never have the same legs. It's not that. So in communication and communicating with people, what I realized is that I have to look at these individual people as individual people and find out what their strengths are. Because if you find out what someone's strengths are and you actually utilize their strength when you're actually communicating with them, then you won't argue with them. Yeah. You just won't. Actually, you can ask questions and utilize and actually ask for help, like helping you understand where they're coming from and, and then people feel like they belong in that conversation yeah. instead of like you're giving them pushback. So yeah. the end result to communication can really always be a positive thing. It yeah. really can. I believe yeah. that. Now I've seen some of your previous workout videos with the insanity promotions and things like that and it looks to me like your body is in the best shape it's been even compared to those harder like workout DVDs from the past. I think that's true. Is that true to you? It's like, true. Yeah. You're the leanest, like you've got an eight-pack, and before it was like a six-pack or whatever, you know, it's like you've got everything down. How do you continue to stay motivated even though you're at the top of your game? How do you not say, well, I look good. I can take like a few days off and yeah. maintain this. How do you stay like, I'm going to push through and keep going? And so it's interesting you say that. So I want to make reference to that. <clears throat> I tell people, I say, look at each one of my workout programs. I have a different body in each one of them because I'm going through something different in my life in each one of them. And I want people to actually study from insanity to asylum where I was like 4.1% body fat to T25 to max 30 to size, different bodies in each one of them, right? But here's what I realized as I progressed throughout the years. Mm -hmm. How am I going to feel the best that I can on the inside? What am I putting in my body? And I'm not a nutritionist, but I'm my own nutritionist, right. you know? And so I do this thing that's like really funny, and I call people on stage and I do this, but I make people have a conversation with their food. 
out loud. We don't have any good snacks here, so I can't put you through this. <laughs> coffee or the water. Yeah, well, you, you know, this like... is coffee and water is easy, but <laughs> something that you actually love. Like for me, I love donuts. Pizza and donuts, man. Oh, Ooh. see, no, this is amazing. <laughs> so my thing is, if you have pizza, if you have a slice of pizza, you say, all right, what's up, pizza? How are you today? Good. How are you going to make me feel after I eat you? Mm. Well, I'm going to make you feel really fat and <laughs> you're going to be so mad at yourself because you have a photo shoot. All right, pizza, I'm going to come back to you another day. Boom. But if I say to the pizza, pizza, how are you going to make me feel after I eat you? You know, you worked out for a few weeks. You, you deserve to have some fun. You're not going to feel guilty after you eat me. I'm about to go all the way in and I might order another pie. Come all the way through, right? There's different conversations that happen when you have food. Yeah. And so for me, recently it's been with meat. I realized that, and I'm not, a, I'm not trying to be a vegetarian. I'm not trying to tell people not to eat meat. I'm saying what works for me. Nutrition is about your own calculation. It's about you. So for me, you know, I had a conversation with meat. Yes. I'm like, yo, meat, how you gonna make me feel? Full disclosure. I'm like, going to the bathroom is going to suck for you. And I realized that that's what it was. And I got rid of the meat. And so over the last 40 days, I've had the most amazing bathroom experience in my life. Right? (laughs) Sounds funny. Minutes in and out. Yeah. Might be too much information for a lot of people. But the reality is, that's why I feel I'm constantly as fit as I can possibly be in the circumstances and being a new dad. I'm redefining dad bod, by the way. But... Do I get to work out and do as much as I did when I was 32? No, but I'm much smarter with the time that I had. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I say it's not about how high you jump, it's what you do with the airtime. And that's the same thing when it comes to working out. It's not about how much or how often you work out, it's what do you do with the time? And then what do you do with the time that you're actually fueling your body? I'm not saying you can't have popcorn at the movie theater. Mm, Love me some popcorn. I love me some popcorn and I love me some goobers. Come all the Mm. way through. But the thing is, most of the time, I'm sneaking something in my backpack. Eat healthier. Yeah. I emphasize the ER. Yeah. So that's why I'm able to stay as fit as I possibly can at 39 than even, I think, fitter than when I was 29. Yeah, you look really lean. Thanks. Unless you just got really good Instagram filters, but you might have as well. No, I mean, we look, know. we on video. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a filter's a good thing. But, yeah, you know. Exactly. What do most people not understand about where confidence comes from? So, you know, nothing looks as good as confidence feels. And confidence comes directly from the feeling. Like, if you actually look at your body and your life as its own world, If this is, you know, my grandfather used to say your body is your temple. And inside of your body, you have these vulnerable populations. Like there are certain parts of your body that you just don't feel really good at. And so if you utilize some of the things that are great about you to really help lift up other parts of your body and utilize those, certain things are really great. Your confidence might be really great, but, or your confidence might be really bad, but you might be really organized. You have to take your organizational skills and utilize it to help your confidence. So I know that if I have a really clean home and my meetings and my emails are fully set, how am I gonna use that to be more confident? And then I have to break down why I'm not confident. I'm not confident because my body looks a certain way. Okay, so how do I utilize my organizational skills to eat better? Maybe I'm gonna do food prep. You have to take the strengths, but everyone has something amazing about them. 
and I don't think people tap into their amazingness enough. Yeah. And if you utilize the amazing things about you to help those vulnerable populations in your body and in your life, I'm telling you, like, you actually have the answers. Mm. And that's why I'm a big advocate for therapy. It's, and it's not just because of sexual abuse. I'm a big advocate for therapy because a good therapy, a good therapist will let you communicate to yourself, yeah. and you have all the answers. And the reason why I know you have all of the answers is because you're the only one that lived your life. There are people that say, I totally understand what you're going through. No, you don't. Right. No, you don't understand what I'm going through. That's why my book is about utilizing your superpowers. I walk outside, I see someone in a grocery store, they have a superpower that I can tap into that they know something or they feel something or they experience a certain way of life better than me and I can learn from them. And I say to do that with yourself. Literally go into your life, into your body, find out what's great about you. And once you do that, you can actually utilize those same tools to lift yourself up in other places. That's cool. What's your superpower? My superpower is acceptance. My superpower is accepting the things that I cannot change. And so there's seven superpowers in my book. If I had to utilize one of the superpowers that I think is like my greatest superpower, it is to get uncomfortable. Mm. I legit love being in the most uncomfortable state. It's comfortable for you to be uncomfortable. It's Yeah, well, I had to accept it, but maybe that's why I like scary movies, though. Because mm. I love the feeling of... I haven't seen it yet. I'm terrified. Yo, the it's new one. out of control. Have you seen it? Yeah, of course. My nephew saw I've seen it, every and he was like, this is amazing. I was like, I don't know, that whole kid like saying... You'll float too. I'm like, get me out of here. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> it's legit. The worst if you don't like scary movies, it's a nightmare. I like Saw. I've seen every That's Saw thriller. movie. It's Did different. you see the, the most recent yeah, one? It was it's, all right. The yeah, first one I mean, is really good. Still good. I mean, they're good. Yeah, yeah, I like them. It's easy. It's easy. But I think it is probably more intense, right? It's intense because there's kids like, involved. Like the paranormal stuff too. Like, no, there's some other trailer with like some some crazy stuff. I don't like a paranormal stuff. No. Paranormal stuff is annoying to me because I've experienced paranormal situations, which I'm not going to get into because I don't want people to think I'm too weird. But um, So you won't watch that? I mean, if somebody wanted to, but I just don't believe it as much yeah, yeah. as... This is a question that Christine wanted to ask you. Okay. She was saying, if you had a magic wand and you could give someone transformation overnight, like whether they wanted to lose... 50 pounds or transform the way they thought about something or whatever it may be, if they could transform overnight and you say you're transformed, would you want to have that wand to give someone that ability to transform instantly or do you believe that the growth really comes from an overtime transformation? I would absolutely throw that magic wand out the window. <laughs> 100%. One of the questions that my husband Scott used to ask me when we would have any kind of discussion, good or bad, he would say magic wand situation, right? And so mm. basically he gives me the magic wand. I'm like, magic wand situation would be this. But then I realized there's still steps to get to that particular mm-hmm. you know, situation that you want or right, that right. dream, that magic wand situation. The other thing, the reason why I wouldn't do it, man, the small steps to success is the greatest learning tools you'll ever have. And so sometimes I tell people, I want you to write down your roadmap to success and literally write down each step. And what that does is that helps them not try to lose 50 pounds overnight. Because as you start to go through this process of change, man, this is currency. 
Each thing you learn is currency for your life. And I feel like if I gave you a million dollars, because some people would be like, I want a million dollars. If I gave you a million dollars overnight, you're going to lose it. It's like the people that win the lottery. Mm-hmm. There are statistics that say, I, I don't know the actual percentage, but they lose the money really quickly. And the reason why is because they don't understand what it took to make the money. And they're... There's a lot of people out there, and I was one of them. You know, I'm from the hood. Like, we were on food stamps. You know, I wore my sneakers till they had a hole in them. Right. And I would say, I just wish I had a whole lot of money. And at one point, I made a lot of money. And at one point, I lost a lot of money. Yeah, you didn't know what to do with it. Because I didn't know what to do with it. Because for me, it was always, like, the dream to have it. But then when you actually understand what it is, and you understand that it's not just paper. It's time. It's experience. It's investment. It's passion. It's helping other people. When you actually can see that money is filled with so much amazing steps and opportunities, then it becomes less about the big picture. It becomes less about a million dollars, and it becomes a lot about what did I learn from spending this money. It's funny you talk about that. I've been working with a kid. He's about to turn 20 who just won one of the biggest jackpots in history, 400-plus million. In Florida? Yeah, I've been working with him and supporting him because I'm like, listen, this is going to be the most challenging time of your life right now. Like, it may seem great right now, but here are the statistics, here's everything you just talked about, and this isn't earned. So what type of difference and impact do you want to make on the world? You have an opportunity to not be the statistic of every other winner, and how are you going to develop your mind over the next 5, 10, 20 years and make an impact with this that's been given to you? And so it's been fun to be able to kind of support him and coach him through the process, the journey of how to like manage his money and how to like give himself an allowance and not just be like, oh, I'm going to spend it on whatever I want. It's been fun to see because I'm like, if I was 20 and I got that much money, what would I do? I have no clue. And he could ruin his life. And I think there's so many lotto winners that say, I wish I didn't buy that ticket because their families break up, or a lot of them die within a few years. I don't know if you know that statistic. I didn't know that statistic. A lot of them get killed or they overdose or something happens because they go into darkness. And you said that the only real obstacles in life are mental ones. Mm. Why do you believe that? And how do we overcome all of our mental obstacles? I get really excited when you ask me that question. I didn't even, I was bad. I almost didn't let you finish asking me the question. (laughs) Uh, If your body says quit, but your mind says go, you'll go every single time. Yeah. And you as a decathlete, we talked about it. How many times as a decathlete did you step on the starting line or did you get ready to throw or jump? Did you say, I don't know if I can do this? Mm, a lot. And, but, you, but you then said, go. You know, I tell people, don't press play, press go. Because while, yes, you press play on anything, but when I play, I feel like it's a game. I'm pressing go. Every single time, I got to press go. And so mental challenges are only challenges, and challenges are meant to be overcome. If you actually let challenges dictate your success or dictate your roadmap, then you're going to fail. But challenges are there. Challenges are there to be climbed, to be conquered, to be, you know, fought through. And as a hurdler, I use this example all the time. As a hurdler, you have 10 challenges and 10 obstacles in your way. When you get to that seventh hurdle and that eighth hurdle, every single time, I don't care who you are, you literally ask yourself, can I jump this? Can I actually jump this? And if you say no and your mind says no, you're not going to do it. But no matter how tired you are, 
if your mind says, I'm going to do this, you will make the step and you will give yourself the opportunity to get over that last hurdle or that eighth or ninth or tenth hurdle. But here's the thing. You're not going to accomplish every single goal or every challenge you go after. But this is why it's important to understand that if your mind says go, you'll go every single time. Because it's really not about succeeding at something. It's about learning as you're trying to succeed at something. Because not everything you go after, you're going to succeed at. But did you learn what you need to do differently if you try it again? Or did you learn what you need to do differently if you go into another challenge that you have? And that's why, and last I'll say, if you give up, you're more apt to continue to give up. Right. But even if you go and you don't necessarily accomplish this goal every single time, you're still going to try. For instance, last weekend or a couple weekends ago, I did a Spartan race for the first time. I've done two. They're freaking hard, man. I was so like, hard. <laughs> so I got to the Olympus. Did you do the one where had, the Olympus where it's like an angled wall and you're like climbing across and you got like hand holes and rock yes, climbing things? I think so, yeah. So that was the first one that I didn't get through. Uh, and it wrecked me because the rest I was, of the time you're like because I'm just like what do you mean and everyone else I was with made it through that obstacle and then I had to tell myself I'm like it's not about them it's about you you're the only one in your body but I was so mad right <laughs> so then we get around and we go and then we get to the rope climb oh that's the worst and this was well it's got to be hard for you so hard man so we get to the rope climb and I had People who had completed insanity who were at this race and they would come up to me like, oh, Sean, you got this. And they're helping me try to get through this rope. This is the most amazing thing. <laughs> so you got pressure thing. too. You got to. They just told me, I used your workouts to be able to do the Spartan oh race. Oh my gosh. And now they're helping. It, it actually, wow. I actually didn't take it as pressure though. Wow, that's good. I took it as, well, damn, I did something right and I inspired this person to do 60 days of hell. I'm going to let them help me through wow, this. Wow, that's cool. Right? But then... I had multiple people showing me how to do this rope, and none of it was working for me. You're like, fall down there. I have everyone watching me. There's the cameras. I'm literally feeling really low. And I'm like on the verge of crying, full disclosure, because I'm just like, how is this possible? Everyone else got it, and here I am again. This is, I think, three obstacles later, and everybody's finished. And so I just had to block out everyone, and I had to use one of my superpowers, which is creative. I said... Forget the way everyone else does something. I'm going to do it my way that I need to do I need to figure this out and do this my way. So I said to myself, okay, so the bottom of your shoes have these hooks, these like, you know, it's kind of like cleats, but not really. I said, you got to use these shoes. Yeah. So I put my arms up and I clenched my feet. And I was like, I have really strong thighs. (laughs) So I clenched my feet up and I got the rope in between these like divots in the shoes and then I just started climbing and I made it and I fell down, like ripped my hands apart or whatever. But it didn't matter. It was about finding a way to be creative, to continue to tell my mind, say go, say go, say go. Because I was like, I'm not doing another 30 burpees. No, that's the worst, man. Anyway, so it just brings it back to you have to be creative too. You can't just not go after something if something doesn't work one way. And there might be a million different ways, but you might have a very unique way of getting through any obstacle or any challenge that other people have gotten through. And their way may not have worked for you, but your way will work for you. This is your life. You take control of your life. 
you've had the experiences in your life. Only you know you best. It doesn't matter. Your spouse doesn't know you the best. Your mother doesn't know you best. You know you best, especially as an adult. So utilize your superpowers. Utilize the tools that you have in your life to achieve greatness, to achieve and go after anything that it is that you want. And, and last, I'll say, and I said this before, but success is not based on a number. It's based on a feeling. So if you feel like you gave your best, that means you're successful, mm. period. Yeah, that's great. Uh, a couple final questions for you. Okay. You're almost 40. You've achieved a lot in these 40 years. If you could achieve anything you wanted to, in the next 40, what would you create for your life? Oh, that is a loaded question. Oh. Top, top couple things, you know? So I'm sure you want to do a lot of things, but. Well, one of my fears, when I got married, I didn't want to have kids. And I realized it was a fear that I wouldn't be a good dad mm. because of, you know, what happened to me. And it was just kind of like very clouded, right? It was like, can I do this? I didn't know what it was like to have a biological father and what that relationship was like. And so I'm in it now. And Scott constantly tells me, he tells me I'm the baby whisperer. He's like, wow, you're doing a really good job. So that makes me feel really good. But the goal is to just be the best dad and husband and that I can be to really help these two little things thrive. Yeah. They'll be kids soon, but for me, yeah, they're still the things. Yeah. So that's one. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's just about creating longevity and staying relevant to myself. What does because that mean? what happens is you can reach a certain level of success and you can just kind of get in the hamster wheel. And it's just, okay, I'm just going in a circle and I'm running really fast and I'm getting things done because this hamster wheel is actually creating energy. But I'm not staying flexible and I'm not doing new things. So for me to stay relevant within myself is to constantly challenge myself to do new things, to open my mind to new possibilities and always say yes. Because mm. I think if you always say yes, even if it's something you shouldn't do, if you saying yes is really just accepting the challenge or accepting the idea. So yes, I'm going to accept the idea. Maybe you say no to the actual thing because of safety reasons or it just doesn't fit for you. But if I constantly say yes, that means I'm opening my mind to new possibilities. And if I open my mind to new possibilities, then change is going to be constant. Change is going to be constant. And you have to, change is good. Change is so good. It's the most amazing thing you can experience Mm. because you're learning something new. And that's what I say, people say, learn something, you learn something new every day. And I want to tell people, try to learn something new that's not on social media every Mm -hmm. day. Learn something that's in the world. Learn something from the person you meet at the grocery store or the person you meet at the gas station or whatever the case may be. Communicate with other people. Learn something new. Not just by keeping your head down, but right. by keeping your head right. up. Ooh, I like that. This is called the three truths. So imagine that you do create everything you want. You live as long as you want. And you're able to manifest all the dreams that you have. Personally, professionally. Mm-hmm. It all happens. I'm listening. I'm just thinking. I'm, I'm in it. <laughs> it all happens. Maybe it doesn't happen the way you want it, but it, you manifest it eventually the way it's supposed to happen. And for whatever reason, you have to take all of that with you. So no one has access to any of your information anymore because you bring it with you when, you when you die. And so you've done it all, but then it's gone with you. Wow. But you have a piece of paper and a pen to write down three truths or three lessons that you know from everything you've learned in your life 
and that's what would be left behind. Okay. And that's all they would have to remember you by and your message because you took everything else with you. So if it's the last day and you're writing down your three truths, what would you share with the world? I mean, I have like a hundred things in my head, but I'm trying to come up with those last three things. I would say you are who you are. That's the first thing because a lot of people that I experience in my life, especially as a gay male, which I really don't like titles, but some people say they don't want to be who they are. And that's not just sexuality. It's because something happened to them and they say, I don't want to be who I am, but I'm, I say you are who you are. So it's basically accept yourself for who you are at this moment. So you are who you are. Love as much as possible. Because mm -hmm. love really does win. It really does win. In relationships, one of the things that I, I hate when people get divorces because of things that can be changed or fixed. And if you remember why you started loving that person in the first place, mm. You'll understand that, like you both have have changed, but you have to accept that person for who they are at this moment. And so, love always wins. And then, my last thing would be, have fun. Yeah. Like live your best life. Have as much fun as possible, and laugh as often as you possibly can. Right. And fun also involves like surrounding yourself with people that are going to like help you have fun, but are also going to challenge you. Because fun is so much better than just always being serious. Yeah, I love that, man. Uh, before I ask the final question, I want to make sure you guys get the book. Sean T is for transformation. Make sure you guys get this. Unleash the seven superpowers to help you dig deeper, feel stronger, and live your best life. So go pick it up right now. We'll have it linked up on the show notes and everything else, but it's in Barnes & Noble, Amazon. SeanT.com, is that the main site for you? Uh, SeanTFitness.com. SeanTFitness.com. Yes. And then Sean T Fitness on social media? Sean T on social media. Sean T on social media. So make sure you guys follow Sean T on social media. Give him a shout out. Let him know what you thought about this interview as well. So I'm sure you'd love to hear people's feedback. Oh, absolutely. Before I ask the final question, I want to acknowledge you for a moment, Sean, for your incredible authenticity and your ability to bring the best out of so many people. There's a lot of people who are hurting in the world. And they come to you for inspiration, motivation, fitness, mindset, all the things that you've been teaching. And you've transformed thousands and thousands of lives. So I just acknowledge you for being the gift that you are in this world and for allowing your pain to not hold you down, but to use it to lift others up. It's an inspiring message and uh, mission that you've led. So I acknowledge you for that, man. Thank you. You're welcome. Final question. It. Yeah, you're welcome. Final question is what's your definition of greatness? My definition of greatness is being your biggest fan. Being your biggest fan. Trust and believe in who you are. And if you trust and believe in who you are and you're your biggest fan, that means you're doing things that are great for you every single day. And you will be great. And that energy will filter out to the rest of the world. You don't even have to say a word. But if you're your biggest fan and you own it, then man, Everyone is going to feel it. And so here's a little funny story. One of the things that I love is, this is so, this is going to sound weird, but it's serious. <laughs> I love the way women walk when they walk with confidence. There's just something about it. It's like the craziest thing. I don't know why. Or people in general. But I was running around my neighborhood a few weeks ago, and I always would see this woman walking when I would drive by. So at this point when I was running, I encountered her, and she was literally walking like she was on a Victoria's Secret runway wow. show. 
outside. She had her hair done. She had makeup done. She had on a nice workout outfit, but she was walking. And I was just so excited about that because I was like, she's literally living in confidence. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why she does this, but I'm sure she walks at least 30 minutes because I know the road that she's walking down. And so for 30 minutes a day, she is her biggest fan. For 30 minutes a day, there's no chairs and seats and cameras out there, but I'm gonna tell you what's happening in her mind. Man, when she is walking down that street, she is taking her own pictures, she is cheering herself on, and she is feeling better at the end of that walk because she did it. So I tell people, give yourself time. Give yourself time every day. And that will help you believe in yourself, and that will help you be your biggest fan, and ultimately will help you trust and believe in who you are. Mm, Trust and believe. Shanti, come through, baby. Come through. Yes. Thank you. Oh, we're jamming. I love this. Some hip-hop abs from my heart and my soul. I hope you guys enjoyed this one. It was insanity, right? I love it. If you enjoyed this, make sure to share it out with your friends, lewishouse.com slash 611. Take a screenshot of this right now. Post it on your Instagram story. Put that link in there. Tag me at lewishouse and at Sean T. Let's connect. Let us know what you thought of this. And also, the full video interview is over at lewishouse.com slash 611. You can subscribe and follow us over on YouTube where all of our videos go every single day. We've got a new video on YouTube, whether it be the interview, behind the scenes, tips, strategies for building your business, your lifestyle, all that is happening at youtube.com slash lewishouse. So make sure to check that out. I hope you guys enjoyed this one because I thought it was extremely powerful and I've just loved connecting with Sean ever since we had him on the show. Oh, it's been a powerful week. On the last episode, we had Urban Meyer, the legendary college coach, three-time national champion, talking about leadership and competitiveness. So inspiring. Today, we've got Sean T in the house. Trust and believe, baby. It's all about transformation and he brought the energy and the vulnerability And we've got some big stuff coming up. That's right, guys. Get excited. Every single Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we bring you some of the greatest insights, interviews, and information to help you unlock your inner greatness. You deserve it. You deserve to have this knowledge, this information available at your fingertips. And we're bringing it to you every single week. If you have any suggestions, feel free to head over to lewishouse.com. Click on the contact form and email us if you have any suggestions. We're always trying to improve this to make it better for you, to help you unlock your inner greatness. You matter. Your dreams matter. And I hope you know how much you are loved today. Again, don't fear failure. Fear being in the exact same place next year as you are today. I love you guys. And you know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great.
At Metro, get an iPhone 12 with 5G and a dual camera system for $99.99. Take amazing pictures and share them instantly. And don't put up with life's yada yada. Yada yada. Like photo bombers. Zoom, crop out, yada yada. And bye. You don't take yada yada in life. Don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Get iPhone 12 with 5G with no activation fees and nada yada yada. Only at Metro by T-Mobile. Switch Metro, bring your ID. This offer isn't available for customers currently at T-Mobile or that have been with Metro in the past 180 days.